Quick note before we crack into today's episode, I wanted to share the great news. I got engaged over the weekend. On Friday night, I took my girlfriend Jenna out for our six-year anniversary dinner and popped the question, and thankfully, she said yes. I'll be posting some pics on my social feeds over the next couple of weeks, so search for me on Facebook and LinkedIn or follow me on Twitter at Rob Barisoff for more details. Needless to say, we are both very happy, very stoked, and I just want to say thanks to everybody for the nice words and the support so far. It means the world to both of us. Cheers, and thanks for listening. Bidzy's Small Business Society, number 183. You're listening to Bidzy's Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barisoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Hey guys, quick message to let you know I've teamed up with Audible and I wanted to give you the opportunity to try their platform free for 30 days. And along with that 30-day free trial is a free audiobook download from a library of over 180,000 titles. I recently listened to Tim Ferriss's 4-Hour Workweek and you'll find other audiobooks from great entrepreneurs like Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, Robert Kiyosaki, as well as tons of other nonfiction and fiction authors. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Bidzy, B-I-D-S-Y. Try it free for 30 days. There's no obligation. You've got nothing to lose and a free audiobook download to gain. That's at audibletrial.com forward slash Bidzy. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Welcome to this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today, I am joined by Nobby Kleinman. Nobby is an international author, speaker, entrepreneur, and CEO of Money Rules and Outsource OK. He brings a wealth of experience in the financial, internet marketing, business development, and outsourcing spaces. Nobby is strongly committed to helping others in the fields of entrepreneurship and business, which is a big reason why I want to talk to him today. Welcome, Nobby. Looking forward to sharing your expertise with the Small Business Society. But first, can you tell us more about yourself than about what projects you're working on today? Absolutely. Good morning, Rob. Um, I uh, I live in Melbourne, Australia, and uh, and as you said, I'm the CEO of Money Rules. Uh, I uh, I used to be a financial planner for 20 years, but uh, I sold my practice back in 2006 when the fund went out of the industry. And uh, today I'm working to connect with people everywhere who need a program that I developed because the financial planning in true sense isn't provided by most advisors, uh, banks or financial institutions. Uh, They're selling insurance or investment. So now I travel uh, globally and I'm a speaker and author and and I've written five books, Um, although I have given up on the outsourcing office and I'll tell you more about that later if you like. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So what do you mean exactly, Nobby? The fun went out of the industry. Well, you know, um, I'm all for compliance and doing everything right. But the problem at the time was uh, 
the industry went stupid with regulation and compliance, and I was spending 90% of my time uh, doing paperwork uh, instead of being out doing what I loved doing, which was talking to people. So a lot of bureaucratic mess. Is that what you mean, sort of? Or? Oh, yeah. Look, you know, red tape, um, they'd come in and they'd do audits. I had no problem with, with audits. Everything I did was right. I, I never had any problems. I was always getting ticks. Um, in fact, our office was uh, probably one of the better ones um, because um, being a true entrepreneur, we'd gone paperless before everybody had even thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we had no filing cabinets. Everything was in the computer. And when the auditors came around, I'd say, uh, if you want 10 files, here's a list of all the clients that we've written recently. Just click on the file. It will open up and everything will be in there. And they loved it. And they said, we wish everybody would be like this. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, take us back, Navi. What was happening around you that you saw as an opportunity to launch a business that helps other people manage their money? Well, it, it was all when I was a financial planner. I mean, um, I was having a great time. I really loved the industry and, and everything that I was doing to help people. But um, when I was an advisor, I was always being asked one question more often than not by women. And they would say, I don't want financial planning, insurance or investment advice. I just want to know, how do I manage my daily money? Uh, and obviously what was happening for them was they were living paycheck to paycheck and uh, you know running out before uh, the, the money ran out before the month did. So when I couldn't find a program that would do the job that I wanted, I developed Money Rules. Um, and what it does, it shows people how to eliminate their debts far more quickly so that they can save years of lost time and wasted interest, which they can then invest for their retirement. And it's all done just on their current income and without refinancing. Awesome. So when you can't find a game to play, create your own game. Good job, Nobby. Now, can you give us some day-to-day -day strategies that might have helped some of these early clients with their with their money matters? Well, you know, a, a lot of people don't manage their money properly. They just put their hand in their pocket or pay with their credit card, and uh, they don't track anything. They don't track their spending. So if you don't track it, you can't um, you can't manage it. And um, once I got them onto the program, one of the, the first things a lot of them, and they were mostly women, would say to me was, we weren't aware of how much money was just slipping through our fingers like water. So tracking was important. Tracking, very important. So obviously some of those strategies will translate well into our small businesses, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, if you're not looking after your expenses, then uh, you know, pretty soon you could run out of money. Yep, absolutely. Now, Nobby, you're enjoying some success, but it likely wasn't always that way. Tell us, what was your biggest challenge in business or otherwise, but what really sticks out in your mind as your biggest challenge? And here, our listeners are looking for the actionable steps that you took to really embrace and overcome that challenge. Okay, well, um, look, there's always things that come along, uh, but I suppose my, my biggest recent challenge was uh, the outsourcing office that I'd set up in the Philippines in 2012. And um, I had uh, I had problems with the people that were working there um, from a managerial side because, um, you know, language was okay, but, but getting them to think for themselves was very hard and it took up a lot of my time. So That's I wasn't- girl managing, I guess, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I used to deal with India and I thought India was, was bad and the Philippines isn't as bad, but um, it's still difficult because they don't think strategically or for themselves or, or ahead. They're lovely people, but they just don't think for themselves. So um, 
I put a manager in there who was a, a an American lady who lived um, in Manila, and um, uh, I thought everything was going to be fine because she had years of experience. And unbeknownst to me, um, the business was going backwards. Uh, nothing ever seemed to be getting done. I was always getting excuses and stories. Um, money seemed to be disappearing. That you know, clients were telling me they paid, and and I was being told from the other side that they hadn't received the money. And uh, so it was costing me a fortune out of my pocket for to have someone manage the place, and they just weren't doing it. So unfortunately, I had to go over there after three years and uh, shut the office down, and that really broke my heart because I had uh, 15 people working in there who were all great people. Um, and uh, so they're all, or they were all unemployed then at that time. And um, I, I was back on my own. Um, so I had no alternative. This was about 12 months ago. I had no alternative, um, but just to come back uh, to Australia and get stuck back into doing what I needed to get done, which was getting out there and talking to people. And um, as soon as I had closed the office and I had nothing left to manage over there. It's amazing how much weight had come off my shoulders. I didn't realize how much time it was taking up. I'll bet. But, yep. Yeah, it just freed it up so much that I was able to get out there and start talking to people without the, the concern of needing to you know, spend half my night on uh, on Skype trying to get things done, um, as well as working most of the day. Yeah, and obviously with you being in Australia and that office being in the Philippines, uh, yeah, like, I mean, there's probably a lot of stuff that's going on that you're just unaware of that you're trying to, again, micromanage through Skype, which can be extremely difficult, I would imagine, right? Yeah, look, it is, um, it is, and the language thing was uh, probably one of the biggest things. Uh, the, the good thing with the American lady was that um, she, was, uh, she had a marketing mindset, but she didn't have a managerial mindset. Um, she didn't have the skills that she promised me. And uh, unfortunately, I found out later that not only had she lied to me repeatedly, but also to two previous employers and she had sent them broke. And um, so then she just disappeared and, and I found out she'd gone somewhere else and done the same thing again to friends of hers. So not good. Well, lessons learned. So Nobby, what would you do different in that situation uh, if the opportunity came up again? Well, you know, um, I love outsourcing because uh, it is leverage and time is very important. And um, uh, outsourcing allows you to leverage and gain back a lot of time. Um, I always compare it to when I'd buy a, a motor car. In my younger years, I would be able to pull a V8 engine apart on a Friday night and have it back in the car for Monday to go to work. Nowadays, I go and buy a car. I rarely look under the bonnet. But I know that if there's a problem, I know how to fix it. And it's the same thing with outsourcing. I know what I need done, but I don't want to do it. Um, so I employ people to do that. So that's leveraging my time because my time's worth far more being in front of uh, people who uh, are ready to buy my product. Love it. That just echoes a lot of the uh, a lot of the strategies that I recently heard in uh, the audio version of Tim Ferriss's uh, The 4-Hour Workweek. Continue, Nobby. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 that's fine. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's the beauty of outsourcing. There is no doubt about it. Um, some of the biggest problems with outsourcing, of course, is that you need uh, one person to do this, another person to do something else, and you end up trying to micromanage then half a dozen different people all over the place trying to do all these different things and trying to put them all uh, like a remote jigsaw puzzle 
pieces being put together, which uh, which is very time consuming. So that's why I set up the office. Everything was done in one place. And um, they had all new computers, the whole lot. And it was brilliant. You know, people were knocking on the door saying, I'll come and work for you for the same money I'm getting. I just want to work in this environment. So um, what I'd set up there was uh, was unique and um, everybody wanted to be there. So that was great. But look, you know, things happen. Um, it broke my heart. And um, but you get over it and you move on. Obviously, and those lessons, those hard lessons are learned along the way. Great story, great content. Thank you for that, Nobby. Now, let's talk about your audience, your client base, your customers. What's been most effective in really engaging with and growing your audience? And I want you to help the up-and-coming entrepreneur understand a few things about gaining some traction in what seems like a crowded and noisy marketing and social media landscape. Yeah, look, um, <laughs> If you are going to be unique uh, and different, then you've got to stand out from the crowd. And you can't be the same as everybody else because then you're not standing out. So stand up, give people your message, give it with total conviction, um, and you know, be honest. Don't hold back. If you're if you're going along with what the crowd is saying, then you're not. You know, you're just a part of the school. You're not standing out. Um, I'm a bit of a rebel like that. Um, and, uh, I would rather stand out. And a school official see me as being the shark, right. um, figuratively only. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, um, believe in yourself. You know, if you believe in yourself and what you're doing, and it's the right thing at the right time, uh, it will start working for you. But uh, networking is very, very important. Um, you've got to get around. You've got to make yourself known. Don't be the wallflower. Um, for me, I uh, I came back from the Philippines, I guess, and uh, I got stuck into doing what I should have been doing a long time ago, which was uh, connecting on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook. And um, one thing that I, I truly believe very much in leverage uh, and how important time is. So I would go and approach uh, employer organizations because – um, and unions, and uh, I've got a couple of deals coming up. One union has 2.5 million members, another one has 55,000 members. It's because I went and knocked on the door and I said, look, here's something for your members. And um, I only had to talk to one office, but it gave me access to all of those people instead of me needing to go and knock on all of those doors. So leverage is uh, a very important word. And, uh, and people need to put it into practice more often. Absolutely leveraging that network. And it sounds like your time in the Philippines that really gave you a chance to identify what's really important to you and what your strengths were too, Nobby. Is that right? Um, look, I learned a lot from the Philippines. It, it, I can assure you it was extremely frustrating. If you've ever wanted to see a grown man cry, uh, you should have been there. <laughs> um, because uh, I can tell you, uh, they have no concept of doing business, um, getting water hooked up, getting telephones hooked up, getting electricity hooked up, getting anything done was extremely frustrating. Money under the table if you wanted to get it done within less than seven days. Um, so, yeah, look, would I go back and do it again? No, I wouldn't. Um, this time I would find a strategic partner over there. Um, so, again, leveraging 
So instead of using my money and my time to set it all up and my responsibility, I would now pass that across to someone else and make them responsible. Um, but I know I know what I would need, which is all of those skills coming from one office rather than um, having them uh, all over the globe. You know, you might get good people all over the globe, but um, you're still playing uh, puzzle pieces, trying to put them all together and control each and every one of them. Yep. Awesome. Great advice there, Nobby. Now, um, I want to ask you this, and I didn't prepare you for this question, but I love asking it. What do you think is going to be the most dominant social media platform in the next 12 to 24 months and why? Um, look, Facebook without a doubt. And Facebook is not sitting still and uh, it is growing. It's moving into the business sector. Uh, so there's no doubt about it. Um, another platform even to use within Facebook is uh, video or webinars. And uh, I think one of those reasons is that people love to see people's faces. People do business with people. And so therefore they like to see your face. They like to see your expression. They like to see, they like to look into your eyes when you're talking to them and say, can I trust this person? Because there would be 100% of people online who bought something that was shonky somewhere along the line that they're not satisfied with. They want to be able to trust the net and the way they do business on the net. Based on some of that advice, it sounds like I need to do start doing a video podcast here, maybe, Nobby, right? <laughs> uh, from an outsourcing perspective, what I would, uh, because I'm heavily into repurposing uh, re, um, content and material. So if you did a video, uh, like a webinar, uh, firstly, you've got the video to be able to distribute. Secondly, you can pull the audio out of it and uh, therefore do your podcasting. Thirdly, you can turn the um, the the content into text and provide that as a PDF, as a giveaway um, or an ebook. Um, and what else? Um, Throw the audio provide... and the video on YouTube too, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, you know, it's it, it gives you a lot of different opportunities. Now talk about this. Which influencers do you follow online or otherwise for your own motivation and inspiration, Navi? Uh, you know, <laughs> There's been a lot of gurus uh, who've come online and what I've found is uh, a lot of them are just full of hot air and they're, all they're doing is actually selling product. Um, so um, so I've, I've moved away from those and um, I've gone back to believing in myself. I think the greatest that I've uh, actually, apart from, you know, classics, um, the, the most recent one would have been a book I read, and I rarely read books apart from having written some, but Michael Gerber and the E-Myth. And um, I think that is a powerful book for anybody who is in business, uh, whether they're online or in a, a, a physical uh, bricks and mortar building. Um, that's a fantastic book to get you start getting your head around different things. I went away on a... On a uh, uh, sailing holiday and I came across the book in a bookstore and I read it in three days for me that is absolutely out of this world for me to read a book in three days so I was just stuck to it I was glued to the thing because it was like is this guy looking over my shoulder everything he is talking about is what's been going on in my business and it was like freeing the entrepreneur in me I was a business person running a business but I wasn't an entrepreneur and that's what I wanted to be. And this book 
was just talking about that virtually all the way through. Awesome. We'll have to link that up in your show notes page. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. So, no, awesome book. Um, And my thing is um, I do a lot of reading every day, um, whether it's a stack of emails that come in from, uh, you know, a lot of different places, um, financial stuff that comes in from all over the place. Um, You never stop learning. You know, you think you've left school uh, and I got into the financial industry. I took up a lot of learning in the financial industry. I became uh, very well educated and then um, they made uh, certain levels of education compulsory. Well, I passed all of those without a problem and uh, I kept going. And then when I got out of financial planning and got online, um, and in fact, I was online in 1994 uh, with emails and things like that. So I was an early adopter. And um, then when I got out in 2006, there was a couple of guys who were already on and I bought my first program, which was 33 Days to Internet Riches. <laughs> <laughs> and it was sent out on a CD from the States. Oh, yeah, um, with a DS, or sorry, not a DSL, but a dial-up connection, I'm sure, on your computer too, right? <laughs> it was. It was a dial-up connection. <laughs> I was so thrilled. I was showing uh, about five women in the office one day. I said, here is my dial-up. <laughs> it was like, you know, <laughs> screaming away. And I said, so what's it doing? I said, I don't know. It's just connecting. <laughs> and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And they just didn't get it. So that was 2006. So it was very funny. But um, how things have changed now. I love it. And basically what I'm picking up, Nobby, is that you are the influencer, man. No, that's great. And I, I want to go back, though. You made the distinction between business owner and entrepreneur. Can you quickly just expand on that a little bit and give us uh, maybe a definition of the two and how they differ? Yeah, look, I think uh, and this is what from my own experience of what I was uh, suffering um, Everybody likes to think they're an entrepreneur. The problem is uh, when you're stuck every day going to the same place, um, I don't think you can actually be an entrepreneur. Um, you're not free to go and do what you want. If, you, if you've if you got a job, you're definitely not an entrepreneur. Um, you're an employee. And, uh, you know, that's unfortunate um, because inside every person um, is probably this this free spirit, this radical thinker, who wants to break out and do something different. Now, a lot of people will never do that because they don't want to leave their comfort zone. Um, but there are those that, that do want to break out. Um, those are the entrepreneurs that want to get out. But because they keep going back to the same bricks and mortar building and doing the same thing day after day, they'll never be an entrepreneur. They'll be a, a business person or an employee. An entrepreneur goes out and takes risks, puts everything on the line, can can go to zero um, as much as he may not be liked at the moment. Donald Trump once said to Ivana when they were walking down the street and he saw a guy sitting on the sidewalk um, begging, he said, you're better off going with that guy because he's $900 million better off than I am. Um, (laughs) um, And there's a guy, you know, who's that deep in debt and yet he keeps going and he turns his fortunes around. That's what entrepreneurs do. They'll put everything on the line. They'll go for it. And they'll keep going, um, and they'll keep learning from mistakes, and they'll keep trying, whereas a lot of people will stay in a safe harbor and never, never leave land. Makes sense, man. Makes sense. Thank you. And that is an inspiring definition. It really is. Now, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit, Nobby, towards the end. Do you love to win or hate to lose, and why? Well, you know, um, I don't think anybody uh, likes to lose. 
Uh, but the good thing about that is that there's a lesson in everything. So I take learning very serious and I make sure not to make the same mistakes. It doesn't always work uh, like the people you trust, uh, but that's part of life. Yep. Now give us something actionable. What are you doing to wind down after a long or stressful day? Um, Saturday night is my only wind down night. <laughs> I, I hate going to bed um, and I can't wait to get up. <laughs> um, so. I don't have many hours of sleep. On on average, I probably sleep about four hours a night, and then I'll probably have another a snooze or two during the day um, if the body really needs it, uh, which I know is not good. But, um, look, I might go out for a walk. I might go and do some gardening. And the beauty of working at home is I can just walk outside and, and start up the, the lawnmower or, um, you know, get the broom and, and go and do some sweeping or whatever. Um you can't do that if you're working in an office. You've got to be there nine to five. Here, my hours are self-regulated, so I just enjoy what I want. If I want to go and sit in the sun, um, I can do that. You know, um, We've got a pool outside. If it's a hot day, I go for a swim. So um, that's all part of my work. It's part of my wind down. I don't think I'm actually working. Um, I'm doing stuff, but it's not a job. It's the work I do and I enjoy. Awesome. You've created that freedom lifestyle for yourself, it sounds like. Now, we haven't talked about it too much throughout, but this will be the last question here, and I want to jump into your wheelhouse. What is the one thing you want to share with our listeners about proper financial planning and creating long-term wealth, Nobby? Well, that comes back down to what I originally started the business for um, and isn't taught by financial planners or banks or anything, and that is... Um, people should eliminate their debt as quickly as possible because the sooner they stop paying um, wasted interest, that's more money that they have available in investing for their own future. So eliminate your debt as quickly as possible. Easy stuff, man. Easy stuff. Now, if people want to learn more about you and your business, Nobby, or if they want to read any of your several books, how can they connect with you? Um, look, the website is www.moneyrules, M-O-N-E-Y-R-U-L-E-S.com.au, and uh, or write to me at ask at moneyrules.com.au. Nobby, this has been an absolute delight. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. You take care. Thanks, Rob. Looking for more great audio content? Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Bidzy for a free audiobook download and access to a library of over 180,000 titles. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash Bidzy. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today.